Welcome to a new episode of the Neo Moe Show. My name is Thomas Daam. Today I'm at FICT Amsterdam. It's 19 February 2018. And today I have the pleasure to talk with Gavin Strange, aka Gem Factory. He's a senior designer at Artman Animation, filmmaker, author, star at the CBC show Art Ninja, and runs an online store with his wife, Jay, called Strange. Gavin, you just finished your talk 10 minutes ago, and I want to start with this question. You have five main topics on your website, design, filmmaking, photography, speaking, writing. Which one came first? Uh, which one came first? Well, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Um, design design definitely came first, and that was my, and still is my bread and butter, as it were, and I, I um, did a little bit of studying of graphic design when I was younger which then turned into a job. So I, I've, I've been a designer the, the whole time. And then over the years, I've added added in the extra bits. I've always been interested in photography, but that was always a strictly personal, uh, personal you know, sort of journey to see where that could take me. But over the years, I brought that into what I do as a day job. And that's also led in, into filmmaking. You know, I think my interest in filmmaking came from photography and images, you know. But that all links back to design you know I love beautiful images mm-hmm. whether that's a piece of typography or graphic design or still photo or moving image you know so it all sort of flows in from there and then the writing is really writing about all of that other stuff and how all that came about creatively because I think the stuff I like to write hopefully is useful for other people as I share as I'm on my progression through a creative career um, you know sharing my journey and, and seeing how that uh, evolves and and and, and relaying that um, via writing and hopefully that is useful and it's useful for me to write and say it as well because it's you know you're taking a step back to uh, discover who you are and where you're going and what you're doing so right. yeah. the writing also helps you to look closer to you where you design or work or your process yeah definitely yeah because you're stopped you're forced to literally stop and think about it aren't you if you've got to write about it you've got to think okay well how am I doing this or where am I going or what do I want to achieve? And I think just just stopping and, and writing about it is quite cathartic for me. And, and so I'm forced I'm forced to think about it, which I think is well, it feels healthy for me. Hopefully that's that's useful for other people as well. And did your writing change the way you design? That's a really good question. Did it change the way I design? I doubt it did. Yeah, maybe it did actually. Yeah, I mean, like all like all of us, we just carry on. We you know we make things and move on to the next thing and move on to the next thing. But that's useful for your audio. <laughs> I'll wait, I'll wait. Sorry. That's all right. Because at Artman or um, creating a title, you also have to write a script. Or at least yeah. you have to. Yeah. It's yeah, a yeah. different way of writing than yeah. writing about things you do. Yeah, 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 definitely. Actually, yeah, that's really interesting. Yeah, so I suppose my writing is a very specific type of writing isn't it it's it's analyzation of a creative process rather than writing a fictitious story for example actually that side of writing is something that i want to learn more about and that's an amazing place to learn it at Ardman because within Ardman that's you know i'm not a writer and that is i would never never be you know i'm i'm just more sort of writing about my creative process but even that is maybe look at maybe look at my design in a different way because again you're just forced to stop and look at it and ask questions sometimes there's silly ideas or just thoughts about process or really anything I literally write it into a text file and so when I come to write talks I go back through my years and as the years go on obviously things change and morph I look back at things I've thought about and and thread that into hopefully a cohesive talk which 
those talks then led into the book. And so it's the same sort of process. It's just writing thoughts down as they happen and then at a certain point in time looking back and trying to gather it and, and make it flow mm -hmm. together. So this writing of your book, it's called uh, Do Fly. Yeah. It's, yeah. Um, it's a Do Publishers. Um, it's really like the process of your whole creative life. Yes. Yeah, which I imagine will change as well mm. all the time yeah. um, because because it you know where I'm at in my life when I when I even when I wrote the book I didn't have yeah. a son yeah. um, so already that part of my creative um, time right. is is different and so I'm sure in in two minutes or two years it's it's going to be different again so right. I think that I think that is as as valid you know just constantly looking and reflecting on yeah. where you're going because because. The world changes, we change, yeah. and seeing seeing yeah. when that is. So yeah, I've, I'm quite happy to be constantly looking looking back and seeing right. what I can do. You mentioned time in your presentation. You show this circle of time. Yeah. So you split up your day in 24 hours, like everybody else, and you fill it in. You yeah. fill. You've completely filled it. Like <laughs> yeah. you have like. I didn't think about it like that. How did you came up okay. to the circle, and and how does it work for you? Okay, so uh, for people listening, the time circle is literally a circle divided into 24 segments. And because I'm a visual person, I fill it in, colour it in with different um, types of colours um, representing the different things I do, whether that's sleeping or side project work or my day job or family time or, or whatever whatever it is. Um, I can't actually remember how it came about. I'm, I'm pretty sure it's it's going to be a variation on, on another diagram. You know, there's just lots of diagrams for time. Um, and I think I I just thought a circle. I look basically. I love circles and I love yeah. colours, so I thought I'd split it up. Um, but for a typical day for me, is generally get up around 5 a.m. Uh, my son wakes up around that time, so I uh, get him out of his crib and then um, bring him into our bedroom where my wife feeds him. So he's awake, but he's feeding. So then I go into my little office and then work on passion projects until I have to get ready to go to work mm -hmm. uh, which is around 8am mm -hmm. um, so I have that chunk of time there to do personal passion projects um, and then I go to work mm -hmm. um, have my day job sometimes squeezing a bit of personal project time again at my lunchtime. you know whether sometimes that's just emails yeah, yeah. sometimes that's a graphic whatever it is but it's all time you know an hour is still yeah, an hour yeah. go back and do my my day job and then normally I come home and I don't I don't work in the evenings that's you know time to it's bath and bedtime for my son it's hang out with my wife um, eat some food um, and then try and go to bed at a relatively early time for the next yeah, yeah. day but you know that is always flexible and fluid so when these FITC titles were happening mm. as I showed in the yeah. thing it took a hit and yeah. I was getting up yeah. at 4am um, and then when I'd come home at night I would also work until late as well yeah. so, but what I like about it is it is fluid and it should be fluid I think Do you also split up an hour in quarters or is it just like you work mm. only in blocks of an hour yeah I, I suppose I've never really thought about that that's a really good point I think I do just work in blocks of an hour and maybe that actually comes from working at Ardman because when a producer schedules your time it is it can be split up into blocks you yeah. know smaller than an hour but actually you know realistically creatively mm. you know it does take you time to get in the zone right, right. you know you so actually you want a, a pretty good chunk so I try and do yeah. it I mean in the real re realistically um, you know it will be 40 minutes on something and then 20 minutes on something right. else but I, li I like to just For, for ease of visuals and for my brain yeah. keep it quite But is it, then, is it then also that you know okay I have three hours so your your mode change your, like your working mode change or 
okay, I only have an hour. I have to, I have to do this. I don't look at, do don't don't do Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, whatever. That's exactly yeah. Giving it that that focus of I know, you know, I know I have to get ready to go to work at eight a.m. I will not be late. So there's no. You don't spend two hours just floating around on Twitter. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes, sometimes, and it, again, being fluid, you know, um, it depends how intensive my passion project work is. Right. Um, I might allow myself to be a little bit more casual. I yeah. think it's about self-discipline yeah, yeah. because I know that, well, I don't want to sacrifice time with my family. So right. I'm, I'm not just going to muck around for two hours and right. then, then say to my son and Mom, uh, uh, my son's mother and my wife Jane that oh sorry I'm gonna have to work again tonight because I didn't really do anything this morning you know it's about me being yeah, yeah, yeah. disciplined um, so I do like to, I do like to be flexible but right, it means right. that I am quite but quite disciplined and focused. Is it also that you plan it just before you go to bed you plan the next day yeah and then you know okay you wake up and then you know okay I have to do this 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 I have to yeah, yeah. Generally, it, again, because I'm in such a because like this this project has been there's been a deadline. I know right. when I have to get it done. Right. It's I know I you know the previous night I go okay I've got a lot to do I will get up at four, um, and that you know I normally get up at five and that crept forwards with each week. I try I try to do it realistically so I didn't I didn't go straight for four a.m. start so mm. that's gonna I'm gonna burn out quite quickly. You know I know this is temporary that that intensiveness. So I try to go okay. You start week one, you know, say there's four weeks to go. You know, yeah. that first week with three weeks left, I'll start at 5 a.m. Then the next week, I'll try 4.30 and then I'll try 4 mm. and then I'll try 4 a.m. and then work in the evening. So mm. I, I try as much as I can to recognize the burnout periods right. because it's, it's, I, I, I feel okay actually. I feel surprisingly okay doing it. Um, but I know that it is your body just getting yeah, yeah, you through, isn't yeah. it? So yeah, I do try to be realistic with it as well. Yeah, yeah. okay. Hmm. Yeah, because I also saw a photo on the on the ins- I think it was Twitter that you were working in your car, like yeah. on the title. I mean, it also gets really silly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like this weekend we were away. Um, we travelled here on on Sunday, so it's now Monday. Um, but we were also in the middle of it, so the delivery had to be Sunday morning right. for the titles. But we were away all of Saturday at a family wedding, and it was like, okay, how are we going to do it? Okay. Right, okay. <laughs> so, yes, yeah, so I was working yeah. in. So, my wife drives. I, I don't drive. I was in the yeah. back of our van rendering, right. rendering last sequences. But I think, I think that's quite common with a lot of people, right? right. That's, um, I was talking to David Sheldon Hicks from Territory, and he said when they were doing some of the off titles, they were doing renders with two hours to go. I think, I think that's the nature of creative yes. products, isn't it? If, I believe if you have four years to do a project, it will take you four years. If right. you have four weeks, yeah. it will take you four weeks. Yes. I think time is stretchy. Yes. And that's that's uh, totally true. Yeah. You made the opening titles for the 11th edition of uh, FITC in Amsterdam, yeah. so, which is great. Thank you. How did this project come to you? How did the project come about? So, Sean, the director yeah. of FITC, is just the coolest dude and... He, we were out in Toronto. He, I went speaking FRTC Toronto, and we were watching the opening titles of that year. And he just sort of leaned over and said, "I'm going to have to get you to do these one day." And I went, oh, "Yeah, okay, cool. I'd mm-hmm. love to." Um, this was this was years ago, years and years and years ago, and 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 it was just a casual conversation. And then uh, last year, he just sent me an email saying, "Hey, so." Would you be up for doing the title? Mm-hmm. You can pick. Would you like to do Toronto or mm-hmm. Amsterdam? And because I've spoken here a few times before, and I love the fact that there are nine right. connected screens, yeah. I said Amsterdam because 
I want to make something bright and colourful and fun for or you know really immersive and yeah. intense. Yeah. Um, and so that was it. It was as simple as would you like to do it? On my days, yes, I would. And and that was it. It was on. What was the time span? The time span was it was actually quite a long time, but in true form, I didn't start them until quite late. It, it's what how they do it, it's really interesting actually because the creative so the design of the, of the festival this year is. Yeah is my design as well right. but it started with that so it's a two-part process you do the design for um for what the creative will be and then you do the titles and actually that was a really nice way to work so it meant that i'd sort of established it as a still piece of graphic design and then then thought okay right now let's make this move rather than you're doing the design and, the, and that side of it to begin with so actually it was i'd never worked like that before which was really really interesting to do um so yeah so i did the design that was that was sort of quite early last year if I remember rightly and so it, it already existed mm. it had its its image um, and then the animation came I was sort of working on ideas trying to formulate the plan so obviously I'll describe it because it's, it's yeah. audio it's it's the theme is uh, legend has it and uh, there I've illustrated 14 different artifacts a sword dagger a goblet uh, a grimoire <laughs> book um, and the theory the idea is that these 14 objects are um, possessed by the speakers they are the guardians of these magical objects and if you as an attendee can get all of these different objects you will have ultimate creative power so it's a nod to sort of uh, 80s um, over the top cartoons, right. uh, role-playing games, Dungeons & Dragons. Um, it's kind of that sort of thing. So I was developing that story and idea over late last year. And then as soon as I came back to work after Christmas in 2018, it was like, right, animation is on. Right. Uh, so I sort of did it then. So it was nice sort of like actually having the time to do the design and let the ideas ferment yeah. and then move on with the title slightly. Yeah, exactly. Better. And what was the seed of the idea? I don't actually know. I, I do remember when Sean first asked, um, would you like to do the titles? My brain straight away just thought bright, colourful, over the top. A lot of the titles are beautiful and they are beautifully rendered, often live action or CG, you know, just yeah. stunning pieces of, of work. And I wanted to do this on my own. I did a, a title sequence for um, Off yes. in Barcelona a few years ago, 2016. And that was with an amazing team of people at Ardman. Um, I was a co-director with my friend Merlin and it was brilliant working as part of a team. But for this, because I had the option, I thought I want to test myself and do it on my own. I worked with a sound designer called Thomas, who's yeah. amazing. He did the sound design and music, but the design, animation, everything else just was was me. And I kind of wanted it to be a small, mm -hmm. small project, just yeah, just to see how what's it going to be like. Can I do it? And because I know that my skill set is is two D um, graphic design, it, it would it wouldn't be a three D beautiful masterpiece. It would be something sort of quick and cartoonish and in, intense. So it, it it sort of came from that, and I just started writing down ideas. Really, um, the, at one point it was going to be really heavy metal. So as much as I really love bright over the top things, but I also love really like heavy dark metal stuff. Mm. I was almost going to have a bit of a mashup of like really intense music and um, I was almost going to have I was going to redesign heavy metal album covers with the speakers speakers names right. but um, for whatever reason that, that just sort of went away and I, I gravitated towards my love of 80s cartoons role playing games like Final Fantasy mm. um, and, 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 and it just sort of came out of 
came out of there quite naturally, really. Yeah, so the objects are love letters to things. So the hammer is a lot like Thor's hammer. Yeah. Um, you know, in in all like fantasy films or Dungeons and Dragons or RPGs, there is a, a sword, yeah. there's a jewel, there's a gem. And that's what threads them together. They've all got these gems, which kind of like uh, Marvel's Infinity Gems, kind of, I just like the idea that, and again, yeah, Marvel was a big in, uh, influence that, if you have all of these, um, if you can get all these objects, like the Infinity Gauntlet, you know, if yeah. you can have all of these, you have total creative mastery. Right. And I like the idea that all of these brilliant speakers, they're all experts in their field. Yeah. So, you know, if you, as an attendee, come, you are absorbing all of this, you are kind of taking, you are holding holding these powerful objects. And so, yeah, it was just one of those ones, you know, when those ideas just kind of come together mm. and it's a little bit of a mashup mm. of... of of everything, so yeah. You work together with the sound designer. Yeah. How does this um, uh, work? How does it worked out for you? Did you know? Okay, I want this type of sound, or it was a really nice working relationship with Thomas. So Thomas, Thomas Williams is a sound designer also in Bristol, and I was a big fan of his work um, that he's made previously, and we've become friends over the years just because I was a big fan, yeah. and I reached out to him and said hello. Um, I really like your work, yeah. and. It was quite natural. We really early on when when Sean asked about the project mm. before anything was designed, mm. I just had some doodles in my notebook. We had a chat, and I sort of said, "This is what I think I might like yeah. to do. What do you think?" And so throughout the process, as even as I would do, I did like a wrote a treatment, designed a treatment to show Sean what my ideas were, shared that with mm. Thomas. Really, at every step of the way, it was it was working with him to see what he thought because what I'm learning is a skill, and I think is a skill that is difficult for people it's very easy to try and describe something visually mm. but to try and say oh to sound a bit like this yeah that's quite hard to interpret right, isn't yeah. it it's hard yeah. to vocalize how you think something should sound so it was very much he led how he thought things should sound and that's why it's got quite an 80s syn synthesizer mm -hmm. vibe so it was a very much a back and forth yeah. and then as the animation started each sequence so i did it in linear order so with when i did the first sequence I would send it over to him and say, here's sequence number one, see what you think, here's sequence number two. Yeah. And each time I would just give him a file that got longer and longer yeah. um, and fleshed it out. Um, and, and he sort of did the music roughly how he thought it should work and then would refine it. So he just did a big piece, refine, big piece, refine, refine. And, and it was all really, really natural. Yeah. And then he would come into, uh, so at Aardman we've got a cinema, which is awesome. Mm -hmm. And so at lunchtimes uh, he would come in and we would play the file in its working state and listen. Um, so that was, that was a very luxurious yeah. way to test, right. to yeah, see yeah. how, because obviously the sound system here is so yeah. big and booming yeah. and wonderful. Yeah. It was really nice to have that, because it's one thing listening on headphones or laptop speakers, but to play it yeah. in a cinema or yeah, here yeah, is yeah. awesome. But is it different? Because here there are nine screens and it's in a, in a square. Yeah. And in a cinema it's like one one screen. So is it is it different to design? Yeah, it was different actually. Um, again, so for the listeners, FITC Amsterdam is a very special venue. There are nine interconnected screens with a total resolution of 9216 by 768. Yeah. It's bonkers. Um, and that's how I worked. I designed it, that super res. In my working file, I had lots of guides so I could... I would know where things would sit. Um, and my monitor setup at home actually is three screens, not this big, no. but it would give me an approximation of... Right. I would always put the, the content on the centre because as well as this, this film needs to work on Vimeo and online. Right. So we've got a cropped middle three screens version. But it was, yeah, it was, it was just a... Not a guess, because I've spoken to him before and I'm a big fan of the venue. I kind of knew how it feels mm. in this sort of horseshoe shape with a square and just made sure the stuff on the sides was 
extra um, that would enhance it, but you, you, it didn't rely on you having to look at it to read right. it. It was right. just extra information and a bit of um, bit of finesse. Yeah. So yeah, so it was it was it was interesting to work very small on on a on a laptop with connected screens versus previewing it in a cinema, right. which was also different because obviously yeah. that's one screen. Yeah. It was more just as long as it worked small and had the energy that was right and anything else bigger it's it's a bonus it's all part yeah. of the experience is it also that when it works small it also works big yeah yeah exactly so you know like people say like especially with the logo yeah. if you can read it and understand it as a as single a, color right. small icon it should be able to right. be understandable when it grows Ho hopefully it's enhanced here because it's big it's loud it's bright um but hopefully people will still uh, enjoy it in its mm -hmm. in its smallest state, mm -hmm. looking at it on a laptop screen. Hopefully, yeah. you know. Hopefully, they'll play it loud and yeah. or, or have big headphones on. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Previously, you made the off titles, mm -hmm. um, which was with uh, clay animation and, yes. and live action. Yeah. But did you learn from making these opening titles? We lovingly refer to that as a stop frame live action motion graphics rap video title sequence, because right. <laughs> it had all these different elements, and that was great working with the team because Merlin Crossingham, who was the co-director, he is an animation director and an animator himself, so he brought the stop frame characters to life. And I'm a huge fan of stop frame; that is mm. something that I have never been able to do, and I'm, mm. I'm a big fan of Aardman. So for that, for our film to have that in it as well as the, me bringing the motion graphics was a really nice mesh together and that that only happened because it was a team that would not be possible for me yeah. to do on my own so when the FITC titles these things um, turned up as, as a as a piece of work I knew you know I would work to my strengths um, but also I, I, I like I said I did want it to be bright and bold mm. and over the top I mean I think the, the off titles are that as well you know it's yeah. loud and it's big and it's yeah. bright I think I don't, I don't know if I have a style. I suppose bright colours are, are a style. Um, but I kind of wanted it to have the same energy. So the techniques are different, you know, um, and mashing all that stuff together mm. was in, in for off was was different. Um, but it still felt... It still felt the same, you know, doing mm. it this time around yeah. um, on my own. Just just want wanted to hit people with a bit of impact, with the excitement. You know, this is right. the first thing that they see here in FITC. I want them to start, start with some energy. Right. How do you see openings titles in general or in for a conference? How do you look at it? Well, I think it's I think it's a lovely indulgence to be honest. You know, it 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 comes it it makes us feel quite special, which is very nice. You know, mm -hmm. I'm not going to lie. Mm -hmm. If you feel really fancy to have your yeah. name on right. a, on a screen, so that's really nice. Yeah. I think it gives it a certain sort of cinematic feel. Um, and it's over the top and it's silly, you know, yeah. but but why not? Same as, you know, people would say the same maybe about awards, you know, well, you don't need them. Yeah, but they're nice. It's not, it's, yeah. It basically feels lovely to be honoured. So to be, have your name on a title slide. Right. I just think it's nice and it's fun and it's, it, yeah, it makes you feel a part of something. Um, but not to say that the conferences and things that, that don't have them feel any less different. It's just a nice part of the process isn't right. it and, and it becomes a tradition so yeah no it's 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 a lovely thing yeah yeah that's true was it on your bucket list when you started as a designer it really was yeah, yeah. so uh, so the first titles were the were the yeah, off titles yeah. yeah definitely i i you know they're, they're also from a creator's point of view they're a huge um they're a huge honor to be able to do so when the off titles came uh, came along that <laughs> i was i was in uh, qatar in in a restaurant and uh, Hector, Hector mm. Ayuso, who's the creative director and founder of Off, just sort of sat next to me and said, I have a proposition for you. And I said, 
okay. And he says, I have to drink more to ask you. I'll be back later. And I was like, okay, okay, what's, what's happening? Okay, I'm in Qatar, and someone just came over and said, I need to ask you something, but I need to be more drunk to mm. ask you it. I was like, what is it going to be? Mm. <laughs> so you're in building up to the scene, like, right? what is it building? What, yeah. what is it? What, what is he going to ask me? I'm in this strange country. I don't really know anyone else. Um, and, and then he said, would you, would you do the mm. off titles? Um, and would you do them with Ardman? Mm. Would that be a possibility? So I said, oh, of course, I can say yes, that I would love to do them, mm. but I cannot speak on behalf of the whole company. I need to, I need to go back and, and speak to them, speak to them and, and, and ask. So I went back and, and explained, mm. and, and they said they'd be up for helping to support. So what they did was they gave um, me and Merlin, who, who I called straight away saying, I, I want mm. this, this opportunity. I can't do it on my own. I'd love to work with you, because he's a creative genius. I'm a big fan of Merlin and what he does. He's been at Ardman a long time. I wanted, I needed to work with someone who had that experience. Um, and luckily, Ardman said they would support it and make yeah. it make it possible. Um, but for that to for that to come about was a really special thing. So it is it is an honour to be to be asked. You know, it is a it is a large amount of work. But the wonderful thing is, you know, you get to see your work celebrating all these great speakers. But also, at the end of it, you've got a wonderful thing that you made. Right. You know. You, a portfolio yeah. piece of, of title design and as well you know Kyle Cooper is here speaking he is the god of title design yeah. I'm also slightly terrified to meet him because he, I, I don't want to tell him he's listening to you right now trying to figure trying to figure out what uh sorry to interrupt that is the trying to figure out what title sequence you're talking about the one, did you meet uh, the I'm one this the, the, say Kyle Cooper's an asshole and I mean, <laughs> <laughs> that guy I'm gonna have to go. I'm gonna be back and shake his hand. <laughs> Hi, my name is Gavin. I'm a huge fan of what you did. I did the title this morning, and I'm terrified. That, have, you seen, have you seen them yet? The, no, no, the no. Obi-Wan ones. No. Okay, I don't know. I missed. I'd like to see them. Oh. Okay. You well, I mean, I'm sorry to be okay. eavesdropping. Well, you're a god of title design, yeah, and. Um, Pish Josh. There's, but there's not. There's nothing more terrifying than doing a title sequence and putting your name on it because uh, it's you. Anyway, <laughs> that's amazing. Nice to see you, brother. That's amazing. I hope this. I hope that all recorded that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can join if you want. Should I leave? <laughs> no, 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 can... no. Carl, Carl, come over, come over, come over. Join us, join us. So, so for the listeners, it's happening. I was just saying that how much of a legend Carl Cooper is, and it's terrifying making some titles. Um, with Carl's name on it, and turns out Carl was sitting in the same room, and I didn't know this. I didn't move the microphone. Hi, Carl. Don't turn it into an interview about Hi, it's, I'm it's, 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 Hi. Hi. I'm just listening. I'm just an observer. I was waiting for something. Ha, ah, okay. So, but yeah. Um, Carry on. <laughs> That's amazing. Have you seen the titles that no. he made for Off? No, I just in woke up, man. No, no, no but I mean here. like uh, in 2016. Oh, yeah. He 2000, made, what was in it? In 2016. So it was in, in Off in Barcelona, but I don't think you could make it. You were going to speak, um, and I made the title sequence then, but you, I, for whatever reason, I think you were poorly or something. You, you basically couldn't make it in 2016, so I don't think you saw those titles either. But I might have seen them on the... Uh, there were big blue heads. There was lots of dancing and animated motion graphics. I might have seen them. Um, there was a bit of stop frame animation at the yeah. start and everything exploded and you were one of the first names. So I've had to do it twice where I'm a huge fan of your work. Well, at least I um, turned up this time. You <laughs> did, you did. But you're not seeing them. You're not seeing them, but you don't, you don't need to see them this time. No, I'm going to um, see. I'm going to oh. make it a point to find them online. But it's... But it is. That's the point. It's, but don't it's, they 
play it I think every gonna, time? I think they're going to play it more than once. So yeah, you'll you'll see them. And didn't you make a, a clip before the before the speaker is announced? No, uh, no, no, no one's seen okay. anything animated. Okay, thanks. Um, so yeah, so it, that was an amazing thing. Yeah. Meet <laughs> you, Carl. I'm I'm totally lost. Uh. That's amazing. You didn't plan for that to happen. This is going to make a great podcast. Yeah. So. <laughs> That's so awesome. Just talking about just how terrifying it is to make titles and add Carl Cooper's name and then to yeah. hear him say, what? <laughs> yeah, awesome. exactly. So, um, but did you didn't have a, like a speaker dinner yesterday or? No, 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 no. Ah, people, okay. I think because uh, people come in at all different, all different, different, different times. times. So you sort of see... You see them here. See, then, yeah, yeah, you see them. The, the yeah. Which is my, one of my favourite things about... I, I think it's a huge honour to be able to, to do talks. I'm so grateful. And my favourite bit is meeting speakers I'm huge fans of. You know, yeah. you'll, you'll get to be, you get to hang out in the speaker room and just yeah, say, yeah. Oh, I love your work, you're yeah, amazing. Yeah, yeah. But everyone, everyone's fans of each other, isn't there? It's, it's, you know, there's obviously, there's, of course, there's no difference with anyone that's standing up on stage and anyone that's in the audience. You know, we're, we're all in the audience and, and we're watching all these people. It's just, you know, individuals just sharing their, their stories at different parts of their, their career. And that's right. just what's so exciting. That yeah. You guarantee everyone in that audience is doing amazing things. They just, unfortunately, don't have the platform to, to speak about it. Right. And, you know, the, the, that's the thing with these audiences is you, there's you always get in amazing conversations and, mm. and they say, oh, I'm doing this. And you're yeah. like, no way, dude, that's amazing. Yeah. That's really, that's really yeah. lovely, you know, being part of these things. And how did you become a speaker? <laughs> so, 10 years ago, I was just getting on a train yeah. and a guy got on in front of me and he had a T-shirt with an Apple logo on the back. Right. Now, this was a, there was not really any Apple stores, especially in the UK, it was mm. quite a special thing. Mm. Um, and I was a big fan of Apple at the time and, and I just sort of said, oh, hey dude, do you work at the Apple store? And he said, yeah, yeah, I do, yeah. And so we got chatting on the train, mm. and I told him what I did. I was a freelancer at this point. I worked for myself. I was a, a graphic designer, web designer, filmmaker, and sort of just told him what I did. Had a lovely conversation, geeking out about mm. technology. And then two weeks later, I got an email from this guy. He said, hello, mate. I met you on the train. Um, I run events at the Apple Store. I'm starting to run a... a, a um, uh, starting, to, starting to run the events. Would you be up for coming to speak about your work? spoken about my work before um okay so I went I uh, took every single thing I'd ever made with me right. physically spoke for way too long spoke for an hour and a half which is an hour and a half too long uh, was quite nervous um, but it was a real honour to be able to share what I did I made lots of slides yeah. I basically went totally overboard but it was lovely it was a great honour and because I'd spoken there then um, the network of events people up Apple said, oh, do you want to come and speak? Um, this was in Birmingham in the UK. And then I went to Leicester, which was where I lived at the time. And then the Regent Street store, the flagship store in London, um, had heard about it as well and said, do you want to come and speak here? Yes, like, yes of course. Because yeah. they had a cinema, that one. That was cool. They had lots yeah. of seats and stuff. Um, and and like anything, as then I... I, I don't think I sort of said I was a speaker. I've not really said that until recently, but it just kind of became known that I'd done some talks. Maybe I was sharing it on social media, uh, right. Twitter at the time perhaps, yeah. and putting it on my website just when things were happening. And 
it just sort of snowboarded and then I do a few others and a few nice. others and yeah so for the last 10 years now I've been doing it and, and I, I, I do I honestly find it a massive massive honour I like to speak at a lot of schools schools and universities as well because I really didn't know what I wanted to do until I was much much older I didn't feel like I even found my footing in my creative career until I was in my early 20s mm. and even then I was really still finding my feet and so you know even now I'm, I'm 35 and I'm, I'm still new to all of this like yeah. we all are you know everything's changing all the time yeah. um and, and yeah i just find it massive honor so from there on it's just grown and grown and then i i a good friend of mine james white uh, otherwise known as signal noise um he's a buddy of mine from the internet and mm. we met each other at talk and he spoke here at fitc and off i asked if he'd put in a good word for me and he did kindly right and so then i came here and you know and it just grows doesn't it right. from like anything you, yeah. you you do the work you put in the hours and um and if you share it you never know what it's gonna let you lead and so here i am yeah it's that's awesome. true yeah i really like that that you like you do stuff you put the time in it and then you never know where it leads i really mm. like this yeah that's exciting the isn't opening it? thing and also like you end with the the quote of um, paula share that yeah like, that you hope you make the best work to yeah. come yet. How good is that? That she's and again, not that it's age. I don't want to put anyone in an age no, bracket, no, but, but she's just, but, but she is in <coughs> her sixties. She's yeah. been working a long time. Yeah. She, you know, she says it in the documentary. Yeah. She's been working for forty plus years. Yeah. And the fact that she's still saying, "I haven't made my best yeah. work yet." That's also a way of how I look to all the things I do. It's still mm. every time it has to, it's better than the last time. Yeah, you yeah, grow yeah, and yeah. Grow yeah. And yeah. But that's healthy, I think, isn't it? Because it yeah. just means that you're constantly analysing and you want to make more. I think it's nice to, what you're doing in that given moment, really give it your all and, and be proud of it and happy. Mm. But then you move on to something else and you go, oh, brilliant. Yeah. I'm even prouder of this. And yeah. yeah, it's just natural, natural, you know, as long as you're going forwards making stuff, I think, I right. think that's great. I think it's right. really, really good. Okay, great. Um, on my podcast, I have um, Neon 5. It's yeah. uh, five recommendations in a single category. Okay. And the first is food. Food. So I just recommend a food. A uh, your favorite food. Oh, or oh man. Oh, man. You can wake you up for it. Like four. When you just fell asleep. Oh, I would say. I would say. Do you know what? What? How have I just forgotten? Like my favorite food that I like to. That I like to cook. I. What do I make? My brain's just totally gone. I, like, I try and think, because we've been, like, at the minute we've been eating really crazily. Like, I, I buy meals from work because they have amazing homemade food that I buy and take home. It's because it's literally every minute counts to get the titles done. Come home, put it in the oven, get cracking. Yeah. So I haven't made, you know, I really enjoy cooking. I would say, um, oh, it's really simple. It's a, it's a broccoli and anchovy pasta, mm. right? Put anchovies and everything. I think it makes everything amazing. And I'm going to tell you the recipe. So you get broccoli, broccoli heads. Uh, take the take the the florets off, and then chop the chop the stalk. Uh, put loads of olive oil in a pan. Put your chopped stalk in there. Put chili in there, mm -hmm. and put anchovies in there. Mm -hmm. Fry that all together, and it makes amazing, amazing sort of like salty uh, sauce. Keep it bubbling in a pot, and then just boil um, orochetti pasta. You know, like the half little shell curves mm -hmm. and the broccoli heads. So it means that all of the broccoli sort of melts a bit and gets stuck inside the pa the pasta shells. Serve it all together with a big drizzle of olive oil. Yeah. It's so nice, and it's really good for you because it's just it's what well, apart from the olive oil, but oh, it's my it's my favorite. It's my wife and I's favorite wow. to cook. It's really nice. Sounds delicious. Yeah, it is. It yeah. is. I really want it. Wow. Move your television. Mm. 
I'd, I'd say the probably the most influential movie I've ever seen, and I'm still referencing today, is Akira, the Akira, animated yeah. film. It's beautiful, it's stunning, it's epic. The fact that it was animated in the 80s and you look at it now and still say, wow, mm. is incredible. So, I mean, I love so many different types of films and movies, but that always comes back in my brain. Yeah. You know, I watched it when I was about 12 or 13 on VHS. Someone had taped it from the TV and lent, lent it mm. to me, and I was just blown away. Right. So even even now, I mean, it, I don't think visually it influences even the FITC titles, but I think always my brain thinks, yeah. how can I make this more like Akira? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that, yeah, that's really special for right. me. Okay. Um, book? Book. That's a great... Oh, book. I really like I really like reading. Um, what what have I read? I mean, it's cliche because I know everyone loves it, but 1984 is still again yeah, sticks yeah. in my mind. That's really powerful. The symbolism of it. Unfortunately, it's it's more prevalent now than it ever yeah. it ever was. Um, that's really powerful. Um, a, a, the book that got me into writing books was called Do Purpose by David Hyatt. Yeah. I, I read that and was blown away. That that's what made me yeah. want to write my own thing. So that's that's still really powerful. Um, there's another great book called Spark for the Fire by Ian Wharton. Um, that's a motivational, positive book. That's that's wonderful. Um, yeah, I like I like all sorts. But 1984 will always have a special yeah. place in my heart. Okay, that's good. And a person. Oh, person. Oh, that's a hard one. Of course, I say my son and my wife. Right. Of course, that's a gi- we all know that's that's a given. <sighs> but I, as well as them, because that's, of course, I adore them. Oh, man. There's just, uh, I, I really like people who are doing amazing things in the world for good. Um, and at a time, like now, I think we need them more than, mm. more than, more than ever. Um, I don't know if I can even single out someone, someone creatively, for example, who's just come to my head. There's people like Ash Thorpe, uh, mm-hmm. an amazing speaker, artist, designer, whose command of time I am in awe of because he manages to be a director, designer, animator, father, uh, mm-hmm. partner, hosts a podcast, yeah. writes things, does things personally. I, I don't know how he founds the time. He's a real. Maybe he also has a circle. Maybe I mean he, you know, I I adore his talks. I love how he how he does things. Um, uh, oh man, it's just so. Much. Actually, do you know what? I've I've got lit. I've got a list of amazing people that, um, that I that I have. I'm gonna I'm just gonna read out my list because I think it's awesome. Because I, I I forget people all the time. Um, where is my Where is my list? I'm going to tell you. Uh, Caitlin Moran, incredible author, um, powerful woman uh, in the UK. She is amazing. Spike Jones, Hans Zimmer, Phil Lord, Chris Miller, Jim McKenzie, LP, B. Teeth, Ollie Moss, of course, G. Monk, Mike Patton, David Hyatt, Cause, Ash Thorpe, Chris Cunningham, Holly Astral, Tom Gold, Sawdust, Gemma Carell, Wilfred Wood, Ben Newman, Bjorn Lee, Robin Davey, Paul Robertson, Ruff Mercy, Oliver Sin, Carl Bean, Alice Folks, Waste Studio, Ben Black, Christy Ryder, Many, many, many people. Wow. I think search them all out. Sorry, I just wanted to reel off that list. That's great. It's a really, really amazing list. Yes, sorry. I had to read them all off. Yeah. Uh, miscellaneous, something from your life. Something I love. Do you know what I love? I, I am very fortunate to own a Leica M6 film camera. 
and it's my pride and joy. It's my pride and joy because I bought it with um, some money my grandma left me when she died. And the reason I bought it is because we went to her funeral and she lived an amazing life. She was uh, nearly 97. And on in when we had some uh, drinks and some food, you know, celebrating her life, there was beautiful photographs of her and her life and her family. And I looked at these photographs, these film photographs, and thought, well, when I'm dead and snuffed it, my son's not going to say, oh, I think Dad had an iPhone 7. Let's try and find the cable and plug in and find some photos. He's not going to do that, right? So it made me think, I want to shoot film again. I want to shoot real photos. And I'd always coveted the Leica cameras mm-hmm. and the brands. And so I used some money that she kindly left me to buy this, this heavy, big camera um the the body of the camera is from the 1990s and the lens is from 1956 so mm. already it's got history and i love i love it i love the object uh, not only do i love handling it the when yeah. when i take a photo and what the winding mechanism is so solid and so crunchy um you know what i get out of it are real tangible memories um and so take you know shooting photos of my son growing up is wonderful my family my friends Mm. that's an object that i hope i'll keep forever and i hope he'll keep forever because it just feels really special to have and to cement those moments right wow that is that's great to bringing like fit analog things back into your life and yeah to create your own uh, family history yeah, definitely. And not that it's about um, analog is better than digital. I'm no, not no, in that camp. But, but for me, you know, that... The feeling. T- yes, exactly. It's about capturing a feeling, yeah. and that's really special. Yeah. Thank you so much. Where can people follow you? Uh, follow me on the internet. On I the am internet. at Jam Factory on Twitter and Instagram and, and any other social networks. And my website is jam-factory.com. And you can see more of Ardman's work at ardman 2 com. And also uh, the store I run with my wife is strangebristol.com. So right. on the internet. Right, on the internet. You are, and um, people can see you live. Yeah, yeah. Um, this year, in 2018, year, I'm yeah. speaking quite a lot. I'm in uh, Vienna um, and Zurich at F- uh, Forward Festival. Um, I'm speaking in Sydney, Australia at the end of the year. Um, at um, Promax, um, and yeah, if you just go to my website in the talk section, I'm doing lots of talks there, um, and I hope to see you there. Wow, thank you. Pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me, and amazing that Carl Cooper joined us. That has made my year. Yeah. (laughs) Awesome, thanks, mate. Yeah, you're welcome. Hi, it's Thomas. Neil Marais also has a newsletter called Neil Monthly. So if you want to be the first to know about the shows, please sign up via neilmarais.com slash subscribe. You can also follow the show on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. Just search for Neil Marais. And if you have time, please leave a review on iTunes. It really helps others to find out about the show. Thanks for listening.